0: I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you one bad mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, if talking is an art, then I must be Jackson Pollock, because I'm all over the place. We talk to Rebecca Rowland, author of The Art of Talking with Children. Plus, Biz is ready for summer! Woo! Woo! Wow, wow, wow. This is a chicken. Hi, okay. Biz. Hi.
1: How are you? I'm alright. I hope you're doing great. Yes. <laughs> this is a chicken because it's, it's not really a genius or a fail or a rant. My child turned a year old today. It was her first birthday. I kept her alive a whole year. <laughs> and it was great. She spent most no of it sitters. Anyway, so she, back story, when, when I had this child a year ago, they laid her on my chest and they covered her with a blanket and we laid there. And then they went to pull the blanket off of my chest a couple hours, an hour, I don't know how long it was, post-child days. <laughs> They go to pull the blanket off, and this child has shat all oh, over no. my chest. Like, just so much poop all uh, over my chest. That was the day she was born. Fast forward a year. I'm trying to nurse her to sleep. And she looks up at me with these big eyes, kind of sits up, and just exorcist-level uh-huh. pukes everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> oh, Fills my bra, fills oh. my shirt. In my yeah. hair, oh, yeah. on my pants, on oh, my yeah? hair—it just, yes. yep, yep. So, I guess next year she'll pee on me. Is the only thing I can figure.
2: So, mm-hmm.
1: I hope your day did not end in in someone else's um, goo. Mm. You're doing a
0: great job, yes! <laughs>
1: and so am I.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I gotta tell ya Any day that I don't end my day covered in someone else's goo is a thing that I've just said on a podcast. (laughs) It's a good day. First of all, you're doing an amazing job. Second of all, I smell birthday tradition. I smell a birthday tradition. In fact, I'm going to be disappointed if this doesn't become a family tradition in which on that child's birthday... They expel their waste, be it from any of the places one expels waste, on you. Because otherwise, how are you guys going to have luck for the rest of the year? That's really the larger question. Because clearly, this is not only tradition, but it also luck for luck. See? See? That's the spin on this. And you're doing an amazing job. Speaking of amazing jobs, it's time for thank yous. Today, I would like to say thank you to the artists. I know, we haven't really thanked the artists, but I was at an outdoor art festival the other weekend. And it was so nice. It was so nice to see what people had created during the pandemic. It was nice to see them spreading their joy. It was nice to be able to maybe purchase some joy and take it home. And I just appreciate all the different ways that you sneak into our lives. Maybe Maybe you do some art at your kid's school. Maybe you go and volunteer to teach art. Maybe you do community building projects with art. Or maybe you're just putting awesome things into the world. And I value that. And I appreciate that. And I see you because sometimes making art while having kids in your house can be really hard. So thank you. Thank you. Speaking of having children in your house being hard, summer's almost here. School is almost out. School's almost out. And then it's going to be time for summer. Now, I already have done one thing pretty good for summer this year. I've already picked out and signed up for a couple of little camps for the kids. Usually I wait till the very last minute and that's not good. But this time I got ahead of the game. And I was like, what does everybody want to do? And so everybody's in something that they like, but they're not like month-long camps. They're short. And I think other than that, I think we're just going to have a pandemic summer. This is what I'm going to call it now. I think we're going to have a summer where we just don't do much. Because I kind of miss, especially now that we're at the end of the school year and everything has just gone nuts in terms of obligations, and being out and about and driving it, I would like to go back to being very reclusive in my house for the summer. That first summer in the pandemic went by so fast, and I don't know what that was about, but I'm I'm going to kind of hope on that. That's what I'm... And my parents are here now. Surprise! Guess who's going to grandmama and grandpapa's apartment? It's the children. <laughs> because my parents love talking to our children and my parents love listening to our children. Grandmama can sit there all day and listen to Ellis talk about something that grandmama has no idea about. And she will engage that child as if they are talking about like a shared high school reunion memory or something. It's amazing. It makes Ellis feel so heard and sane, and it makes me so happy. And I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with Rebecca Rowland. And her new book, The Art of Talking with Children.
3: Please take a moment to remember if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume
0: that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you.
3: Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice.
0: Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am very excited to be talking to Rebecca Rowland, who is the author of The Art of Talking with Children, which came out this year by Harper One. It's a combination memoir guidebook that is being translated into nine languages, making it much easier to talk. She's a speech pathologist and faculty at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Harvard Medical School. She has over a decade of experience in hospitals, clinics, and schools, including the Children's Hospital in Boston. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am very excited to have you here. Before we get into talking, I would like to ask you, who lives in your
3: house? Ah, so good question. So I have, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you always wonder. Um, So I have, there is a, my five-year-old who's a five-year-old boy who is very active. So you'll Uh hear him kicking soccer balls into the walls and, you know, (laughs) doing lots of active things. Very Um, nice. Yes. I have a 10-year-old girl as Mm -hmm. well who is into gymnastics so you'll probably you would hear her cartwheeling around and <laughs> trying her back handsprings falling um, into walls <laughs> yeah like <laughs> <Yes>, exactly <laughs> and um yes and there's my husband philippe and um we have many imaginary pets because oh. we don't have any pets so <gasps> okay what are they We have, well, we have lots of dogs. It's named, the one that's the best is named Maggie. Okay. She is the best golden retriever you will ever meet. Oh, Um, I bet.
0: Especially (laughs) invisible.
3: She's invisible, but we already have named her. We already have like her whole image. We even saw some free dog supplies yeah. that were out on the street and oh. he almost got them <laughs> oh I, I think
0: you should take this yeah. imagination project as far as you can exactly. and, you know start losing space in your apartment <laughs> exactly
3: you're, you're like just
0: like a real just start pulling your yeah. hair out throwing it around that's
3: the thing so I'm like well, we can maybe make room for a gerbil but yes yeah, this imaginary dog I, I don't know but uh, yeah we do have we have at least one maybe more depending excellent.
0: on the day excellent Yeah. That's kind of, I have never, you have officially said something we've never had said on the show before. So good job. You did it. You You win. All right. First, I'm going to remind everybody that Rebecca wrote uh, the book, The Art of Talking with Children. And I already fear for Rebecca that she has probably had to hear so many Talk jokes, like talky-talky I mean, jokes and talk yeah. and I wanted to talk about talking. So should we just get those like out of the way? Which Sounds one should good. I avoid yeah, yeah. the worst? Like,
3: which is the well, one that makes you like
0: the most nuts?
3: Yeah, well, I guess there's, there's the one where it's we say... Oh, I'm supposed to talk to my kids? Oh, I. Well, never that heard was, a... <laughs> <laughs> that <You're>... was good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, all right. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. That's, that's probably good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. We're never, we will not go with yeah. anybody who's listened to "Embed and Mother knows we talk to kids. <laughs> exactly. So that is good. All right. I want to start with what led you to writing this book particular book. You have one big competitor that's been around for a long time, Mm -hmm. How to Talk to Kids So They Will Listen. I remember my dad gave that Mm -hmm. to me when I had my first kids. And to be honest, I don't think there's really been one since then.
3: Mm -mm. So (laughs) talk to me about what's changed, why you're writing it. Definitely. So I will say I love that yeah. book. Um, and I also used it as a young parent. <laughs> so it gave me sort of this really great foundation. And a lot mm-hmm. of what I do does start with that foundation. So I was like, oh, you know, give your kids respect and all this stuff. But it doesn't really go into sort of longer conversations. So what can right. you actually do to talk and build kids' imagination, their creativity? It's much more these specific scenarios, which are super helpful, but kind of when I became a mom, I'd say this is how I how I started writing it, is I was studying language and conversations and speech. And I became a mom and was sort of an anxious mom and was looking for all these books. And like, well, yeah. what, what do I, you know, what how can I learn about this? And I realized there were just tons and tons of like discipline books. Of oh, yes. of Diaper books of like what to buy books and just, and all the talk, whatever talk there was, tended to be kind of in this negative three, two, one magic, you know, yeah. sort of like, say these things, or really like a recipe. If you say right. this, don't say that, say this instead. You know? <laughs> my favorite and, when I
0: first had kids was, don't say no. And yeah, I was exactly. like, how am I Finally. supposed to get through? I'm
3: gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Exactly. Ah! Like, oh, I know, yeah, damn so, it. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized, like, I was so frustrated because I was yeah. like, oh, I know so much you know, from all my work about, like, what conversations can do how much it can be like a joy and a pleasure and funny and you know all of this but I wasn't finding that reflected in the books like I was just right. finding like this big gap where I'm like well yeah I mean I of course I don't want my kids to have a tantrum or I don't want them to you know yeah but whatever but I also <laughs> want other things too you know like <laughs> so now how can only- we there?
0: <laughs> you only get to have parenting books that help <laughs> exactly. you prevent things
3: yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what to do in the middle of a tantrum? Like, That's right. It? And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, sure. That's fine. But like, isn't there more to parenting? Like I'm not going a two year old forever. <laughs> yeah. no, nope, That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, ah, oh. so I really was like, oh, there. this for me. That's why it's sort of a memoir. Cause it really talks about like my journey of yeah. figuring this out and then drawing on research and things, but just really wanting to know for myself and for the people around me, like, what else can we do here? What are some strategies? So that's, that's how it started.
0: That's amazing. We, we are a talking family. We talk to all the animals in our house (laughs) at great length. And so when children got into our house, that was very easy. Mm -hmm. It never struck me as something that might be difficult, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the lens through which I have walked through the world. And then I've learned that there clearly it is hard. I mean it, it can be hard. Sure. And I guess my first question is given, you know, your work, what have you found to be one of the hardest obstacles for parents? I mean, is it when kids are really young? Is it when they're teens? Is it like is it
1: yeah. all a mess?
3: <laughs> right, no, I mean, <laughs> good question. I mean, I do think it tot- it does vary so much. But what I think is interesting about those things is it feels like whenever you're in one stage, yeah. there's always a particular challenge and people are sort of hung up on that challenge and that stage, like, oh, I yeah. have teenagers and like they're not talking to me. Or I have toddlers and they just scream when they wake up. You know, whatever it is, like whatever phase people are in, that seems like there is that particular type of challenge. So yeah, I wouldn't say there's like a hardest one, but Uh, I think what I, what I've noticed to be a really big obstacle, which I face myself, is just how much we think we're sitting and listening and we're not really. So we actually like, you think you're following what your child is saying, but you're actually like, you have somewhere else you're trying to go. Uh-huh. In the end, the child is like, wait, you didn't even hear that thing that I you know, was trying to get at. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, I did, but you really didn't, you know. Wait so, a second. Like, that... Are you telling
0: me that listening is part of talking? Yeah, yeah. This, exactly. Interview, exactly. this interview is over.
3: It's oh, over. Well. Oh, I well. Now? Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I feel like
0: I have found so far, these sort of different levels of, like, talks, as it were, right? There's, like, the checking-in talk, right? The, like, how was mm-hmm. school. Right, right. Whether you're doing that at pickup or you're doing it at the table or in the morning, sort of of that world. And then there's the, like, deeper check-in, right? Like, mm-hmm. the you know, what's going on with your friends? I never right. say what's going on with your friends. That's bleeding. Sure. But, like, you know what I mean? Starting a <laughs> yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. to get exactly. to the, like, uh-huh. To get that, like, sort of foundational, like, we can talk about things. And Mm -hmm. then there are the big guys, the big ones, (laughs) the, like, sex talks and Mm -hmm. the talks about equity and justice and talks about sexism and, like, uh, uh, right, all of these things. And, of course, there's just the general don't be a jerk.
3: Right. You know, talk. talk. Is that what you're
0: saying? Like, what are the approaches to these different levels or is it the same approach every time?
3: No, I mean, I definitely do think there are different levels and I think part of what can be challenging, but I think is also an opportunity is to realize like what each level is. So many parents have come to me and they're like, I asked my kid, you know, at drop off or pick up or whatever, like, how was your day? Or what are you going to do today? They're just like, uh nothing. uh, Yeah, I don't know, you know, and they're like, but why can't I get them to have a deeper conversation? I'm like, you really can't at that point. Like, that's like, it is a check in. Like, that's fine. Let it be, you know. And so I kind of feel like there's so much angst and anxiety that we add on about like, it should be better. Why can't I make it better? Well, yeah,
0: (laughs) we're always looking for a new way to feel like shit for being a parent. And so I, Somehow have kids that will answer that question. What happened? Uh It is nice. It is Well, I've taught them to really be into gossip. Anyway. Oh, nice. Well, that's one way. And I would have a friend say, mine just says, and then Mike (laughs) storms out of the car. Exactly. And hey, no one's asking me for advice, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. But I also am smart enough to know there isn't because... You're telling us that no, that's it. That's the right. best you're gonna get in that situation. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like my my ten year old. She she comes home and it's so funny because like in the car she said basically nothing. She gets home and she's like peanut butter, peanut butter, and I'm like peanut uh, butter, really? And I just feel like she's like she's basically like so done with the day. Like yeah. she wants her food. She wants her. Right. Like just like <laughs> ah. And so I feel like yeah. But then at the end of the day she's yeah. Like, it's nine o'clock and we're still not in bed because there's like, and then blah, blah, blah told me, blah, blah. You know what? That's
0: true. That's actually happening here.
3: But you're right. Hey,
0: let's talk about some of that. One, when they get home, they are done. When they get picked up, they are. I don't think we sometimes remember or realize or respect how much they are putting out there in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And my sister, my mother always tells the story of my sister, Mama would pick her up from like preschool or kindergarten, I can't remember. And the moment Helen Michelle would get in the car, she would just start screaming at the top of her lungs. And Mama was just like All right. <laughs> yeah that makes sense. And it seems that's like it. that's I, I don't blame her, I guess. <laughs> right. That makes sense. But at the end of the day, especially like I found with my oldest Raiden, like who's twelve. Yeah, the end of the day debrief. And I got to tell you, my fail at that time of day is saying, treating it like they're trying to get out of going to bed. Uh. (laughs) And that's like a trap that I fall in. And I have to be like more mindful of that because I am so tired at that mm-hmm. point in time.
3: Yeah, yeah. Is there well, is there like a scientific... Yeah, right <laughs> Yeah. Is I, there I, like I, a... I, is there science behind that? Is that like a... Yeah, so there actually is. Like there's this sense that if kids are really getting their needs met in terms of conversation, like if they really feel like they're being heard, yeah. they actually... It actually can cut down on a lot of the like anxious talking and a lot of yeah. more questions the disconnections. You actually might have less you know, feeling like you're disconnected, if you do have those moments where you're like, oh, I'm really getting what this child wants to tell me. And even like the being done thing, it is true that for a lot of kids, especially who are not extremely extroverted, there's so much stimulation happening all day. You know, they're always, and they're trying, especially if you're 10 or 12, like they're trying to manage like friendship dynamics and changing about like, what is this clique doing? Do they like me? And there's so much that's going on mentally that Yeah, it's just, there's just cognitively, it's like they need just this downtime. So I think it can be so hard because we want to poke and be like, oh, but let me just ask you these things. But they're not almost able to do that at that point. Well, it's okay. That's why we
0: learn where they hide their diaries. Exactly. And then we just invade their privacy (laughs) when they're not here. That's easy. Yeah. It's easy. No, I know. One, two, three. Exactly. (laughs) So I kind of want to talk about when kids don't listen, because I mean- Part of talking is also engaging in needing them to hear something. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even the statement, what about kids who don't listen, is like already kind of making a huge sweeping assumption about your child being a jerk. So help me with that language. And are there ways to foster engagement? What should my timeline expectation be like? if I, if I start it right now, will I get the reward immediately? (laughs) And then how much is it my fault that they're not engaging? And I'm asking that as a serious question, because again, like I said, we're always looking for like the next reason that we have somehow messed up. So Hmm. those are your three all-in-one questions.
3: Yeah, so those are great questions, and uh, I will say in my in my book I lay out like a yeah. different strategy. So I have like three E's that I talk about in terms of like language strategies you can use to help okay. kids with these parts. So I can maybe I can start there. Yes, I would helpful. love to. Yes, yeah, share yeah. that, Share those. Yeah. 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 So the first is just expanding. So whatever your child is saying. You can think about, and this is for any age, really, Mm -hmm. like as long as they're able to say something, you know, you can expand on what they're saying. So if the child's like, green truck, you can be like, oh, that is a green truck. What do you like best about it? Like you're trying to get at kind of where they are, what's their mindset. And sometimes going back to the listening question, that can actually help because sometimes you don't know why kids, quote unquote, aren't listening. Like maybe they don't want to do what you want, but maybe they also (laughs) didn't quite get it or they didn't quite... Get why it's important or whatever. Maybe it's whatever. Or maybe their mind's on something else. So, like, that expanding part really helps to see, like, well, where is my child? Not just like in this month, you know, where are they thinking, (laughs) but like in this exact moment, like, what is going on with them? And the second E is exploring. So, that's Mm. like just going beyond what's here and now and thinking about things like the past, the future. What would happen if we did this? What would happen if we did that? And for the listening thing, too, I think that can help because it's saying, well, let's brainstorm. Like, I want this thing to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. but maybe um, you need this thing to happen, whatever. But maybe it doesn't have to happen this one way. Like, what are other ways we could get to the same thing? Like, Uh, you know, uh, so you want I want the room clean. The room has to be cleaned by tomorrow. Does it have (laughs) to be cleaned right now or could it be cleaned after 30 minutes or something else. Like, so there's this exploration of like, well, we need this thing to happen, but what are all the different pathways that can yeah. get us there? And that can give kids like a real sense of like, well, I have some empowerment here. I have some choice. I don't have to just do like, do what I say now. Right, and they feel kind of put in a corner.
0: Well, the corner's the only space <laughs> the left that's clean
3: exactly. in the room. So. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for my invisible dog. Right, <laughs> <There>. yeah. <laughs> that's a problem. But, that is a problem. Uh, other, other than that. Yeah. yeah, the last E is just evaluating. So that's just the mm. sense of like taking that check-in time, but more about like, well, how did that go? Like not realizing we can always do things again. We can always try again. This is all practice. This is not like a you know, one-time conversation and kind of like letting yourself have compassion too for yourself and realizing like, well, maybe I didn't say exactly what I meant, but maybe Mm -hmm. you didn't say exactly what you meant either. Or maybe you didn't quite listen when I really was very specific. You know, so you can kind of do that on both sides and that can help you as a parent be like open and kind of a bit vulnerable, but also help your child see like, well, yeah, let's evaluate that. Yeah, you probably in that moment weren't reacting the way right. you could have and let's think about why that was you know and sometimes it can be as simple as like we well, have yeah, the, the child is like super hungry and so they yeah. didn't want to do what you wanted them to do or they're just too tired to do it sometimes my son who's five like he knows he <laughs> has to clean up toys before bed and he's like pretty okay usually except if we let him go to bed too late and then he's well, right. like lies on the floor and it's like oh I can't I can't you know and I, <laughs> and I realized like somehow that is it's not totally my fault but like I set it up so that like well, yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah it's 8 yeah, 30 yeah. and now he's like super exhausted and like any <laughs> toy it's like too far away oh, you know
2: possible I, I
3: can't I can't reach him you know?
2: <laughs>
3: so yeah okay
0: given your work Uh, in speech pathology as well as in all the various medical settings that you've worked in, we also know that not every kid is wired uh, the same. Mm -hmm. A lot of, in fact, we're all wired a little differently. (laughs) And I'm assuming not every approach always works the same way like there's nothing more frustrating than being a parent and like getting the book a book of some kind and being mm-hmm. like are you serious <laughs> exactly. my child like I tried this and this was like mm-hmm. you are uh, this is impossible yeah my kids never played with crayons mm-hmm. either one of them <laughs> Yeah. Either one, and I remember thinking crayons are some sort of myth. Like, why, why are people selling? Why do people keep giving <laughs> us crayons? Like no one likes crayons in this it's house. So funny. Uh, they want sharpies from uh-huh. the beginning. Anyway, <laughs> a- how can parents adjust and adapt to the things that you are talking
3: about? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny that you say that because um, in the book I actually yeah. talk about what I call the ABCs of rich talk. And the Oh, yeah, is, rich, yeah. Talk. Rich, talk. Talk exactly. rich talk. we got to talk about rich talk. Exactly, that's rich talk. What is rich talk? Yeah, so basically I made up this term, rich talk, which is based on what people say in speech pathology, like rich language environment, you know, yeah. this kind of thing. So the first is actually being adaptive. So A stands uh. for adaptive. Yeah, so it's kind of funny <laughs> that you said that because I was like, oh, wow, that's that's exactly that's what I'm talking exactly about. exactly what I wrote in yeah. the <laughs> book, yeah, biz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So it's actually funny because that's why I feel like you know a lot of books I was frustrated because I was yeah. like well I said that and it didn't work or like yeah. I tried that but this doesn't make sense for my child and I've mm-hmm. worked with so many kids who have so many different kinds of learning issues and right. or just who are learned differently you know yeah. or think differently that yeah it felt to me just a little too prescriptive or scripted to say like we'll do this for this child and they will respond like this. I'm like, well, we're not robots. Like even if you are right. not diagnosed with any kind of thing, like you're, <laughs> you're still going to be yourself. Like it just doesn't make sense. So yeah. So that's why I think like, it is so important. Like the first principle is to really try to adapt, not just with the child, but with the child and you. So there's a right. ton of research saying like, it's so much about like the fit between you and a child more than it is just about the child. So thinking about like, your dynamic. How is that working? So yeah, so I think that's one key thing. And the B is just the back and forth. So rather than like the talking at, which we're talking about the talking with. So actually, like you really are listening and trying to teach them, how can you really listen? You know, so it does go both ways. And that kind of like respect thing, like how does respect actually look? It's more like about well, we're actually listening to each other, rather than, you know, talking (laughs) past each other. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and the C is just child driven. So actually starting with what a child, you know, is interested in or worried about or something like that. But I think the biggest thing is just that adaptive piece to actually realize, like, well, yeah, every kid is different, every family or classroom, whatever is different. And it's just so not helpful sometimes to say, like, well, it has to work this way, because you'll find yourself getting angry. Oh, <laughs> anyway. yes, very
0: quickly. You'll <laughs> get very
3: angry very quickly.
0: All right, well, let's, let's kind of wrap up on the harder discussions, like how to have rich talk around things that you, as the speaker, as the person who's, I over talk a thing to death to the point where I'm like, I, why am I telling my five-year-old about Nazis?
3: You know, like,
0: I this is, how did this conversation get all the way to this? I know, I know. This quickly. It's <laughs> fast. Yeah, it goes fast. And I'm like, they tuned out like after bad guys, but if, if yeah. we are not prone to talking and having conversations, how do we get better at that?
3: Yeah. So I would say, and one, one thing I think that's kind of counterintuitive, but you can just kind of relax to start never, out. With. Like, yeah, like you can, <laughs> like it's possible. <laughs> Cause I think, uh, we often come to those conversations, like, so wound up feeling like oh it has to we have to say like these things that we have to get this across but yeah but actually like it can be so much more meaningful for kids if we start with well where are they thinking like what is their mindset about this topic so actually just kind of checking in like testing the waters with like when you hear bad guys like What does that bring up for you? Like, who do you know that's like a bad guy? You know, and like, are they just on cartoons? Are there bad guys in real life? Like, no, it's Little Timmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I guess who is
0: their sworn nemesis? Yeah, exactly. Kindergarten.
3: That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) because I I feel like sometimes, I mean, having worked with so many kids over the years, it can be so funny when you're like, I was saying all these things, but this child like didn't even get it because they thought dinosaurs are still alive so they didn't even get like extinct like they didn't know what you know so love it like, oh wait no no you so so like let's just start over so yeah. I, mean, I started over so many times and <laughs> so now I'm like wait rather than start over why yeah. don't we start with like actually just get a sense of well, where is this child in terms of their understanding of things so, yeah. and so then you can kind of go from there well, I can correct that. We can go further on that. We could not talk about that because that's not really your age, but yeah. You know. So <laughs> that like you can kind of like gauge starting just with that sort of checking in conversation.
0: Yeah, oh, asking questions and listening.
3: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Direct, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Do you mean like how I'm supposed to treat yeah. people, people too, yeah, exactly. like older that's, people? That's what's
3: so funny. It's like so many people have been, we even kind of use this book for adults, right? I'm like, like yeah. Yeah, maybe. You, kind of you, kind of you could.
0: <laughs> Why don't we try that's it? Totally
3: true.
0: Was there anything that surprised you when you were working on the book, when you were writing? Was there anything you were like, wow?
3: Yeah, so I, w- I would say what's <laughs> funny. I know it's sort of a time time limited thing, time straight, but like I started the book actually and I proposed the book before the pandemic.
0: Oh. And oh. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one knows how to talk to yeah, each other anymore. Yeah, so
3: like, um, and actually, and I had my office, like oh, I had wow. cafes, like I was even yeah. just like in terms of writing, like I was yeah. like, oh, quiet, I have peace and quiet, I'm going to think about talk and think <laughs> about my phone, and, you know, and then like by the end, I was like, I was on my, we have an oh apartment, so we have like a shared yeah. roof deck, so I was on my roof deck trying to write when like one person was coming in trying to cook their eggs. One person was coming in because they had a gardening thing. And my child was like running up and down the hall. We were doing multiplication. And I'm like, okay, so. Nobody (laughs) talk. Yeah, nobody. I need silence, silence, please. (laughs) So it was a really, I was with my kids like, all the time, yeah. we had No school. We had no nanny. We had no, you know, no babysitter. Yeah, nothing. No, yeah, whatever, nothing. So yeah, it was like, oh, now I really have to think about like what is actually feasible here. Like, yeah. that was like hum- a lesson in humility. <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually, I yeah. love that that wound up being the situation, and I. But I think, I think that points out the importance of the book because, really. I, and not in a jokey way, it's beneficial not only to how we speak and engage with children, but how we engage and speak with each other, since we are coming out of a time where speaking with others has frighteningly not been the norm.
3: Mm -hmm. and that's just
0: that's fascinating to
3: me yeah yeah Yeah. I do feel like it's become so critical just because so many people it's like almost like we've forgotten how to talk to each other or to kids we're just like in terms of having like a fresh lens on like how to talk to kids if you've been like around them so long that now right? you're like, I'm in a rut, or I'm like exhausted or burnt out. Or, yeah, I don't you know, want um, to hear. Yeah, exactly. I don't want I to do talk this to this you. Again. Yeah, I again. cannot talk to you anymore. Yeah,
0: no <laughs> well, and that's just the right yeah. note to end this song. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me. And, and thank you for writing this book. We'll make sure everybody knows where to get books, but we'll link you up specifically to make life easier. <laughs> as well as other places that you can follow Rebecca thank you so much for joining me
3: oh well thank you so much it's a pleasure it's so <laughs> very funny too. oh good good well
0: i'm glad and i appreciate you letting us know all of the not to, not talking jokes not to make so. exactly <laughs> all right well have a wonderful rest of your day thank you so much
3: thank you so much have a good day too thanks right. bye <laughs>
0: One Bad Mother is supported in part by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Unless you have kids in your house, in which you probably really know it. (laughs) BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Look, having kids in your house, the pandemic, any number of things, uh, can lead to needing some support. One Bad Mother listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com/BadMother. That's BetterH.E.L.P.com/BadMother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove. Ooh, did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled no matter how much we put in the recycling bin? At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics. That is something I am constantly striving to do, but I hate going online and falling into a rabbit hole. I, I, I get so overwhelmed. And that's the wonderful thing about Grove. They've done all the research for you. I have three refillable glass bottles. I have one for my Grove's Co. Concentrated Cleaners. The multi-purpose cleaner in lavender. I have a bathroom cleaner in lavender. (laughs) And I have a window cleaner in lemongrass. Go to grove.com slash badmother today to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash badmother Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. I'm actually going to give this genius to Stefan. Okay? So here we go. Ellis has a very limited repertoire of things that they eat, very limited. Not due to allergies just do to taste. And, and a million years ago, that child ate carrots, and then they stopped eating carrots. And then they just, they wouldn't eat carrots anymore. They wouldn't eat carrots because he'd heard that biting a carrot is as easy as biting off a finger. So I, I guess they thought if they bit the carrot, they might accidentally bite their finger off. And I like... See, this is that. Let's go think back to what we just talked about with Rebecca. Sometimes we should explore something a little more. Anywho, Stefan recently just told Ellis that eating carrots was not like eating fingers. And that did it. And then Ellis ate carrots. (laughs) And now we have six things Ellis will eat. (laughs) Good job, Stefan.
2: Hey, Biz.
1: I have a genius. Well, my life is sort of very difficult right now, just like everyone else is, I'm sure. And I have recognized the need that I have burnt myself to a crisp and it's just a to help me function in my life. I also recognize that I am a horrible people pleaser and want to be, quote unquote, the good one, which means when I go to my doctor and she says, how are you doing? I will not break down in tears and tell her that I need help. I will probably just smile and say, oh, I'm doing okay, which will not help anyone. So my genius is, that I emailed her a week in advance and I said, hey, I am having a hard time and I need to talk to you about medicine and I am not going to bring it up at my appointment because I just won't. So I need you to bring it up to me and think that she is. She emailed me back and said, absolutely, let's discuss this. I can't wait to get you feeling better. So my genius is, I recognize that I need help. I recognize how I'm going to self-sabotage that and I took steps to prevent it. So I'm doing a good job. You're doing a good job.
0: That's all. Bye. You are a genius, and you should write a book. And the book should just be that. I I think I know who I am, so I I told somebody in advance. This is so smart, and I really like that you used the phrase, the good one. (laughs) I'm not the one that's going to cause any trouble here with my medical problems that need attention. I know exactly who you are because I am of that ilk. I am so inspired. I think you've done such a good job. And what a nice response from your doctor. I'm totally crying. Guys, mental health, yours, it's important. Let somebody help you maybe feel a little better. It's okay. It is totally normal. You are doing an amazing job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Okay. Anybody who participated by supporting or watching any of the things that happened during the Max Fun Drive, I really disappointed myself in the sense of losing touch with my boppet skills. I used to could bop it all day, and I guess just like a banjo, when you don't touch your boppet enough, your performance really, really goes down. So I will have to really train next year for better bopping. That said, I still appreciate the support you have given to One Bad Mother. And next year, I will bop it to start. Hey, Biz.
1: This is a definite fail. It's a classic fail. (laughs) My three-year-old was super kid this week at daycare. And Super Kid means you get to stand on the stage at chapel when you sing songs. And it means that you bring a snack for the rest of the class. And we forgot the snack. We just didn't bring any snack. So that's cool. I don't know if you heard her say, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Biz. Okay. Anyway. Um, I love you. I love the show. Biz, you're doing such a good job. I'm doing a good job, even though I totally failed at snack this week.
0: And yeah, bye. Oh, I love you too. You are doing such a good job. This is awesome. This is such a great fail. Oh, I love it. I shouldn't love it, but I do love it. I love it so much. This is like, I I just feel like everybody, it's just like I think everybody should wait tables. Once in their life, I feel like everybody should like fail miserably at remembering to bring a snack for something like a soccer game, uh, your kid's very special day, graduation, a wedding, whatever it is, because it's so it's so normal. And yet we think it's not. And I'm so pleased to hear how you just accepted that. Is that what we're learning, everybody? Are we somehow figuring out how to accept that these aren't really failures? I don't know. I don't know. Again, like I said, the day's not over. But you, you're doing a horrible job. Every other parent there probably is talking about you and saying that you're a horrible person because you didn't bring snacks on your child's super kid day. I'm very sorry. You're doing a horrible job.
1: You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor.
2: I don't wanna be part of somebody getting a super yacht.
3: I don't know at what point you wanna go into this, but we've had a worm bin before.
1: Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over.
0: All right, everyone, it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown.
2: This is a rant. I just got back from an ultrasound to check the placement of my IUD, and somehow I completely missed the memo that they needed to do the, you know, special probe transvaginal version of the ultrasound. And then to top it off, when I asked to see a picture, because I was kind of curious, you know, what it all looks like as one is. The tech told me she's not really supposed to show me that, even though apparently it's just normal that you're going to look at the pictures when you get an ultrasound during a pregnancy. Oh, it was just kind of a lot, and I needed to get that out of my system. So now I'm going to eat my chocolate, and thank you so much for this hotline. You're doing a great job, and so am I. Thanks.
0: You are doing a really good job. Two things. Let's just, let's just start with the ridiculous thing. This is, again, the idea that you can't see your vaginal ultrasound just because there's not a baby in it. That is telling. Because I think about all the different exams that I have had, where I've been squeezed and poked and sounded, and they don't show you. They don't show you and I'm like why can't I see it now I'm sure for medical reasons probably maybe not all of us should see <laughs> maybe some of us might grow very anxious about something we see that the technician cannot actually diagnose that's fine but when there's a baby they can be like ah, it's a baby we all know that right <laughs> but anything else I would be like is the IUD where it's supposed to be right now Is it waving at me? Like, there's a lot of things. But after rationally saying, I am sure there are rational reasons for not allowing us to see our uteruses unless there's a baby in it, does make me in a less rational mindset assume that that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) Baby uterus value. No baby uterus, no value. Nothing to see here, everybody. Let's just move along. Anyway, that is an interesting thing. I would also like to acknowledge how discombobulating it can be to suddenly go in for anything related to your body, assuming it will be one test, and then discovering it's going to be something much more invasive. And... For many of us, any invasive procedure can bring up a lot of feelings and surprise, it's not that much fun to have them done. (laughs) It's not. And so that can really be a lot that just makes you want to go crawl back into bed and hide under the covers for the rest of the day. I am so glad you're taking care of yourself by giving yourself a little treat with some chocolate and thanks for calling it in. And that makes total sense that you feel overdone by that experience. And you're doing a remarkable job. Everybody, you're all doing a remarkable job. I mean it, is that where we're headed? Is this like where we're headed that we're all getting so good at this? But we no longer take some of the slips and fails that seriously. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for all of us because I certainly still have fails that definitely make me feel worse than others. But I like the idea that any of the more stereotypical public shaming moments that we have as parents from bringing the store-bought food or... Dropping something really important or forgetting our children's clothes for a camp out or whatever it is, that those are becoming less cloaked in judgment and guilt. And we're more just like, yeah, no, I, you absolutely forgot that. Of course, here, I have some more. Ta da! You can have mine. That's exciting. That would be exciting. I would really like that. So remember that you're all doing a great job. You're actually all getting really good at this. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down Mama Blues. I got
2: to low down Mama Blues. Gotta slow down Mama Blues. Low down Mama Blue. Gotta slow down Mama Blues. Gotta low down Mama Blues. 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 You no know that right.